Swangland Show, episode 25, special edition, MLK edition. We're going to do some fucking revisiting through history today on the very special episode 25. Can you believe this shit? 25. In the numerology, in the symbolism of the uh, numericals, right? The number 25 denotes wisdom with a touch of diplomacy and curiosity. And we might stick to that on episode 25 of the Swangler Show. Joshua P. Dunn, that today, um, the P doesn't have any meaning. Flip the game on you guys with that one today. Join today by... My co-host, as always, Kyle Nucleus Holsinger, the homecoming king, fickle, freckle boy living in the sea. What's happening, Kyle? Uh, what's man? Always good to be here. Uh, what's up, CJ? What's up, Mitch? How's it going? What's up, man? Joined also by New News Kitchen, CJ DeNiro, the king of the wing, joining us once again on the Swangland Show. What's happening, CJ? What up, man? Hang on, I know where to sit out here. Oh shit! Well, we know who's sitting down right now, smoking Aye. the pin, smoking the pinner dube. We are joined once again live via Jonesboro, Arkansas, potentially somewhere else on the Delta. <laughs> he could be anywhere within the Delta. It's All marinated Mitch. Yeah, it's marinated Mitch of Aye. True Definition joining us. What's up, my guy? True Definition. What's up? What's up, man? Salute to y'all, man. Let's get it, MLK. Yeah. Welcome back to the Swangland Show. Welcome back to the Swangland Show. Marinated Mitch, I know you've been down for the count. We talked about it, man. We thought maybe, just maybe, you ate one too many of those peanut butter Reese's 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 cookies. I knew you was going to say, I just had some of them yesterday, bro, I swear. (laughs) Man, I've been down, man. Had fucking flu, had to quarantine seven days for the damn flu, got off for about four days, and then caught fucking COVID. Oh, you had that flu rolling. Yeah, that shit was bullshit, man. Shits, literally. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're in great health and joining us once again on the Swangland Show. Um, since, you know, we've Nucleus keeps throwing up Illuminati symbolism, we must represent, <laughs> we must know that um, today that, you know, you guys as participants on the Swangland Show, man, you're gaining ground on the champion, Vice Grip, who still holds that Swangland International heavyweight championship of the world man his lack of an appearance man he's giving you guys up on game i think he's ready to face one of you guys as a challenger to come head up for the <laughs> swangland championship marinated mitch is going to step into the arena for the swangland championship inebriated, inebriated and maybe walk out as the champion because i've seen him do it in arkansas it's kind of what they fucking do if you've been here, you know what i'm talking about but it's the swangling show episode 25 i got the homies in the house as always what we're going to do today guys is um we're going to talk about martin luther king jr the uh american baptist minister and activist who is pretty much the most like the poster child for and spokesman of the American civil rights movement and uh, being the man that strove for justice and equality for all people until he was assassinated in 1968. Um, Every year, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is celebrated as a federal holiday in the United States because of this dude's uh, leadership skills, um, 
his activism and he, he pretty much selfless fucking way that the dude lived his life and helped organize and push people for equality, which is really dope that, um, you know, we still celebrate and still like motherfuckers still have holidays because uh, it's a constant reminder every year to people to be more caring, to be more um, selfless and, and, and uh, display the character uh, qualities of somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. So this is what we're going to do, man. We're going to, I'm going to start by looking at like this dude's just life in general. Okay. This cat, Martin Luther King Jr. Born in 1929 in Atlanta, Georgia. Could you imagine what it would be like to be alive in 1929 in Atlanta, Georgia, marinated Mitch? Man. I'm going to just say this. They don't make them like they used to, man. Them folks went through some real deal struggles and real deal pain, like like just the poverty level, you know what I'm saying? And like how you just, I don't know, it's crazy, man. Just things and technology, how, how much more faster we're able to 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 achieve goals and to, to do things in life you know what i'm saying back then they had to be hard workers they worked every damn day for hardly nothing you know oh and yeah today we we're bitching and complaining about our work that we're doing you know what i'm saying and we're getting paid actual real money you know good money most of us you know yeah well um we don't want to deviate uh too far from from uh you know what i mean the the task at hand although your point is very fucking relevant you know what i mean that our our uh society and culture is kind of uh ungrateful in some regards as far as the development of finance and uh and um uh you know a bunch of other things with outhouses and bathrooms and shit (laughs) our, uh, our convenience level is quite higher in 2020 in america than it would have than it probably was in 1929 um, he Martin Luther King Jr. was a driving force behind big like watershed events like the Montgomery bus boycott and um, the big uh, March on Washington in 1963 that helped uh, bring about what they consider to be landmark legislation in the United States as the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. Martin Luther King Jr. won a Nobel Peace Prize um, and is remembered on um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is a U.S. federal holiday since 1986, which I mentioned earlier in the fucking episode of The Swangler. So um, the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act that were passed um, due to his activism pretty much um, was a driving foot forward for um, a lot of major changes that happened in America Kyle, I know that you know a lot about um, the history of Martin Luther King Jr. and about political activism in general. So um, what is your opinion overall on the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr.? He's the ultimate American, in my opinion. Like, really, like, you talk about um, he uh, forced America to hold up to its own ideals and principles that all of us are created equal and all of us deserve, you know, an equal shot at the American dream. He used civil disobedience, which I still think is the best way to do it, 
uh, in order to, you know, get the, uh, to get the means, that he, you know, done. Uh, he, like I said, he's the ultimate American. Like, uh, like you think about it, dude, there's a president's day. There's not just, you know, and then there's Martin Luther King. The only people that I have like a day of federal holiday is Martin Luther King and like Christopher Columbus and Christopher Columbus is the ultimate American in a different way. If you think about that, we'll talk about that differently, but back <laughs> to King, uh, it is uh, immeasurable what he, what he did for American civil rights and for uh, the, in my opinion, the constitution for us to hold up those ideals. He, he uh, helped get us to where we are today. And we are still fighting that same fight right now in Congress, the Voting Rights Act. So uh, his legacy still continues to this day and will Monday on the Senate floor when they have to vote on the Voting Rights Act. That's exactly why Chuck Schumer brought it. And he's going to shame all these people in the voting for it. You'll see. But Dr. <laughs> is the ultimate American. Well, I think that, that him as the ultimate American is a great assessment. But like for some reason... Um, when I hear words like ultimate and it makes me think of like competition. So I pictured in my head, like fucking Martin Luther King versus Hulk Hogan, like fucking poster. Who's the yeah. real true American. It's stupid shit. I know I'm not trying to make light of the situation. I'm just kind of got this weird way that I flip things around in my brain. Right. But I was uh, thinking Mitch, how you said uh, you mentioned that they don't make them like they used to. Right. So I'm looking at people. Like, um, the history of, of Martin Luther King, like his younger um, days and his upbringing and shit, right? So this dude, born in 1929 in the South, attends segregated public schools and gets to college at age 15. That's fucking amazing, right? Yeah. So um, to imagine uh, living through those hardships and at the same exact time excelling in a, a tense you know what I mean? Educational environment and all that shit. This dude pretty much was a winner from the fucking beginning. You know yeah. what I mean? Dude had the the type of heart that you can't just really fucking create, right? Well, he went to um, Morehouse College, which is a HBCU, um, still exists. You know what I mean? And then um, he goes from there after studying um, like medicine and fucking law the dude goes to a theological seminary in Pennsylvania and earns a bachelor's divinity, which is like a big fellowship award. He fucking wins president of a fucking um, predominantly fucking white class of students in Pennsylvania in 1948, which is pretty much unheard of at that time. Right. So CJ De Niro, uh, we're talking about, this dude's pretty much like educational background and like going to the fucking, this dude has his back against the wall, no matter what, all the time. What is it about Martin Luther King Jr. that like embodies that, like never give up fucking, um, it's just a very positive and like uh, message that gets conveyed through that. What's your opinion of that? Um, the the non-valid approach that he took in that time was something that was different because like when I was a young, when I was a kid, it was all about Martin Luther King. But now that I'm older, I'm more of a Malcolm X person. Uh, so with Martin, for him to go through the shit that he went through and then take nonviolent approaches, that was crazy. Man. 
I give that to him, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't quit. He didn't allow that to deter him from his mission. So that that's pretty dope in itself, right there. Because I know myself, hell, any any one of us on this motherfucker right now, who went through Man. that shit, we we probably we wouldn't have taken no shit up. approach. We, we wouldn't fuck shit, shit up going through that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, with that, yeah, that's that's definitely something to be applauded about him. Is because. All that hell, all that shit he went through. Like we go through racism today, but that shit was another level. Because yeah. it, at any given moment, he could have been strung up on the tree and nobody would have gave a shit. Yeah. Like there wouldn't have been nothing done for it. They would have applauded that shit. So I think definitely right there, that's something that needs to be admired because man. I, I seen the shit. I watched the movie Selma and shit. For them to go through that shit yeah, and still take a nine round approach, that shit is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy too because you go back and like watch the way that it gets depicted, especially mm-hmm. via um, motion picture. And they say that like you know when they make movies about shit that they they uh, ultra sensitize everything to try and make it like hyper version mm-hmm. of that but i think in some instances in these movies they're even downplaying the type of shit that's yeah. actually fucking going oh, yeah, on. Yeah. and that's mm-hmm. uh that's something to be said about you know a lot of people that lived in these in areas of the south specifically alabama mississippi um places like that georgia um arkansas tennessee all these different places in the south probably dealt with some and down there they shit. still going through that shit yeah yeah it's crazy, they, they man. Still down got, here. Like I just, I just found out what sundown towns were last year. Oh, dude! And yeah. that shit still exists down south. What is that? Tell me what is that? What is a sundown That's when town? If, you, if you're a black person, don't get your, don't be called when out the there. Sun goes when down. sundown, your ass need to be gone. So man. this is you're trying to tell me that right now, motherfuckers actually organize this and that exists where people say, yes. "Oh yeah, this town's a sundown town." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit right. still exists. Yeah, all right. So after the Civil War, during the Reconstruction period, the Ku Klux Klan was created as a political terror group to instill and force to keep the whites in political power and to prevent blacks from voting and murder, lynch, and did all the stuff they did, which then led into Jim Crow, which is what the era that Doc King broke, you know, was born into. Like the it was so systematic, then we there was so less rights for African Americans, even though they were supposed to have rights. That the civil disobedience approach it it was the clear example of we are just walking across the bridge. We're just existing, or we're sitting at this this dining table. Like at that time, that was the only way because it was it, it was so apparent that they were corrupt. The the systems, the governments of those states you know localities and all that uh i mean yeah it's a a different time and place even we can't even fathom that type of uh non-equality like compared to today yeah um i think it's awesome like cj mentioned the non uh the non-violent approach is is a testament to that person's um discipline definitely in a major way because uh in today's world, the fucking society we live in is fucking wild west. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People just don't shoot you. So, so yeah. you know, it's uh, pretty wild out. But um, during my research, I did a bunch of research for the show. Um, of course, you know, growing up through a uh, public school system and um, 
you know, seeing movies and stuff like that in my own general interest, I've known, had a pretty good knowledge of, of the existence of Martin Luther King Jr. and his legacy throughout my life. I, you know, as a kid, pretty much, you know, heard about it nonstop in school. But um, you mentioned the nonviolent approach um, during a month long trip to India in 1959, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. links with uh, family members and followers of Gandhi, right? And um, Martin Luther King in his uh, autobiography described Gandhi as the guiding light of our technique of nonviolent social change, right? And um, Martin Luther King Jr. also wrote several books and articles during that time period as well. But it's pretty cool to know that you can take um, and look of where he adapted that approach from Gandhi Mm-hmm. And that's like publicized to know that um, even during this time of uh, like crazy fucking legitimate violent systes- uh, systemic racism and all this crazy shit, there's people like Martin Luther King Jr. who's willing to buck over to India as a African-American and try and click up with people right. of a totally different faith. Different culture. To learn a different Everything. approach and and grow and do all this th- stuff, but um, although Martin Luther King <clears throat> is an educated person through um, like going to uh, college and stuff, um, I feel like a lot of the part of the history that people fail to cling to is that um, his secondary education is a religious education. It's from a theological seminary. You know what I mean? So. Yeah to see him go abroad and go to India and fucking link with Gandhi and all that shit. That's something that's deeper that had really didn't have much to do. I don't necessarily believe his intents to go over there had anything to do with fucking nonviolent uh, social change or anything like that at all. I think it's some about being connected and grounded as a person and being open to explore and uh, challenge yourself by um, viewing and seeing new outlooks and people and, different parts of the world and doing some wild shit like that, which is the type of shit on the Swangler show that we definitely are co-signing. It's episode 25 of the Swangler. As always, I'm joined by members of the illustrious conspiracy family. Marinated Mitch is back in the house, fresh off that COVID victory. And I'm saying, I'm saying if, if marinated Mitch can beat COVID, then he can definitely be the swing on heavyweight champion. And we're going to practice. We may see a crowning happen later in life. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I got members of the conspiracy family joining me as always. And that's what I love to do is sit here and chop it up with you guys and um, talk about epic shit like Martin Luther King Jr. I got the king of the wing in the house. No, no. No, no. Um, when Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, worked with a bunch of uh, civil rights and religious groups to organize a march on Washington, right, for um, jobs and freedom, and it's like a, a peaceful political rally that was designed um, to draw attention and awareness to the injustices that um, African Americans continued to face in the, during that time across the country, right? That 200 to 300,000 people deep storm the Capitol. Could you imagine what it would be like, CJ De Niro, to be? We know you got the food truck coming in the future. Imagine, even in um, like a crazy riot type scenario, would Nunu's pull up and sell that for uh, sell them chicken wings? 
even if it's a political protest, would you pull up and sell them sell them the food? Yeah, motherfuckers gonna always be hungry. <laughs> gonna always be hungry. So shit, I'm I'm pulling up with the food. Right. So if you're listening to the Swangle Show episode 25, and you know you're feeling inspired about hearing some really cool stuff about um, a great American and a great uh, person in general and Martin Luther King Jr. And you decide that you're hungry, you know, you should probably uh, look up Nunu's, Nunu's Kitchen, get you some nice, uh, you know, get you a nice little meal. Some uh, King of the Wing will serve you up and get you definitely righteous. You know, we're working on something to have mm-hmm. uh, we got to have that, um, what is it, like a brand-specific meal. We got to have the Swangland Show meal live. <laughs> they got to be able to hit up Nunu's and be like, man, I want the Swangland, Ashy Lariat. Yeah. Slide that over to me today. The Ashy Larry on a fried pork chop or some shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, so uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is known most for the I Have a Dream speech, right? Mm-hmm. Um, during that March on Washington is uh, when Martin Luther King gave his most famous speech known as the I Have a Dream speech, which is like a very um, um, fucking deep spirited uh, call for equality and um, peace. And um, some people consider it from like a speech standpoint as a complete masterpiece of a speech. And I agree. Um, I was wondering on the Swangland show, if since we're all here, you know what I mean? If you guys would be interested in um, me playing that speech and us listening to it. You guys want to hear that Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech? We can do that. This is what we're going to do on the Swangland show. We're going to, we're going to bring it back. And we're gonna we're gonna drop it right now on the Swangland show. I'm getting it around, you know. I'm I'm learning how to use this software, man, as we go forward on the Swangland show. And we're gonna be able to do all types of fucking cool shit where we uh you know uh share some dope ass shit on the Swangland show and react to it in live square time. So you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration of freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came 
as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together this is our hope and this is a faith that I go back to the south with and with this faith we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope with this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. 
This will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring. From the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado, let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. Not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spirit. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Yeah, that is yeah. Most, that is one of the most fucking powerful things ever to sit there and watch that fucking video of that speech when you see that fucking massive crowd of people. Feel the energy. There. They are all there for and organized for the same reason of positivity and equality and happiness and prosperity for all fucking people. That has to be one of the most beautiful things that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And rightfully so as a moment that helped shape and mold American culture. Marinated Mitch, watching that video and um, seeing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. just addressing this fucking massive crowd of people. How does that make you feel? Man, it, the energy is, is the first thing I noticed. You know, I've seen that video multiple times and it don't matter how many times you watch it, like you, the energy is so present through the crowd and just the words like, man, like at a time like that, like, like you said earlier, man, he wrote that perfect, man. Like there's no way to really come at a person I'm gonna just say choice of words, the choice of words he chose while he was saying it is also what made it so powerful. Just because like like you said, he never got got, got revenge or got violent, you know what I'm saying? And to, to just grow up through that, like still today, like it's, it still just seems crazy. Because, and that's why I was saying earlier, like they don't make them like they used to, you know what I'm saying? Because nowadays it's, it's way different, you know, just way different. And and still, we still got a lot of work to do, you know. We still oh, got a lot sure. of work to do. But but there's still so much more progression, you know what I'm saying, that has been made since that speech, man. For real. Oh, yeah. I feel like it would be an understatement to say just progression. I mean, it's been leaps and bounds, especially within the United States of America. It's like right now, everything is free form. It don't matter what you are ever it's pretty much now like been um uh 
I mean, I'm not going to downplay the fucking notion of racism because that clearly still exists within America and everywhere else in the fucking world. But um, now it seems like um, more people are leaning towards it's more of like a financial status thing to where it's like the rich people versus the poor people. Yeah. And um, I've seen people like even reference in articles and interviews that like it was even that way then it just was more race driven than what it was now because they've created this bigger gap of wealth disparity. Now, I don't know whether that shit's true or not. I can't really dig out the numbers and fucking maybe that's something we should uh, look into on the Swangland show. Um, so when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is given this fucking speech, um, what is known as the classic uh, I have a dream speech that we just listened to together on the swing show episode 25. He's standing on the steps of the um, Lincoln Memorial, um, which is a monument to the president who just a century earlier had brought down the institution of uh, slavery in the United States. And um, he shared uh, his own spin of uh vision of the future where he says this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal within that quote right fellas he says we hold these truths to be self-evident that's something that we can um just take as a phrase and say to yourself every fucking day to check yourself nucleus as you listen to um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech, um, what do you think? Um, what do you think it would take for a person to to maybe um, display some of those leadership qualities that you see out of somebody like Martin Luther King Jr.? Um, that quote is a, he he took that from the Declaration of Independence. That's where he was quoting that right there. That's the yeah. like opening. But um, what would it take for uh, another one to happen? Another king? No, I mean, what are what are some um, some character qualities that you see in Martin Luther King Jr. that that make him a great leader? All right. Um, all right. He like you said, he went to theology school. He was a preacher. Like he could captivate a crowd. I couldn't imagine being like a, a congregant every Sunday and listen to that man, you, you know, you have to be energized for your week. Um, yeah, he, certain leaders like him, like Lincoln, uh, a few and, and other great leaders over time, they got this like vision into the future. Like they, they could see something that like other people can't, you know, and it's a, it's a leadership quality where it's like, you, you just want to follow it. Cause you know, you like, when they talk about that vision, like you, you can start to see it too. And, uh, that's the, the best leaders we've had. Bobby Kennedy was like that where you, they can lay out a better America or a better, a better existence that could happen and is plausible, uh, within, you know, the confines of the laws, uh, or, you know, within the confines of the, of the way that the system is now there, you don't even have to change the system radically have to just have to make the system hold up to its ideal uh so you, you got to have a leadership quality that goes beyond uh i mean it's not a leader of men it's a leader of leaders of men in a sense like yeah uh it, it's a wisdom thing wisdom is what really 
Well, um, CJ De Niro, the King of the Wing, joining us as always on the Swang on show episode 25, MLK edition. Um, you listen to this speech. Martin Luther King's got the fucking charisma, man. He's got the fire. He's got the desire. He's got the passion. He's got everybody listening, everybody um, buying into what he's selling. But he's not even selling nothing. All he's doing is just dropping just straight, genuine facts, really, about um, the way that people should be treated in mm-hmm. not just America, but everywhere in the world. You had mentioned earlier um, that you had watched the movie Selma, and I think it's a great mm-hmm. um, a great movie for people that that really just need to watch because it's, it's a very, very good eye-opening movie. So um, mm-hmm. in Selma, Alabama, what this movie about is um, um, there was a, a violence outbreak between um, white segregationists and um, peaceful demonstrators in Selma, Alabama, where the um, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee um, organized a voter registration campaign. There was a bunch of TV cameras and shit out there. Shit is wild out and is some savagery going on mm-hmm. taking place and it's getting captured on camera for Americans to see across the news. Um, a bunch of people rally up with Martin Luther King Jr. and take part in this big march um, that they call from Selma to Montgomery where uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and he was supported by um, the president, Lyndon B. Johnson at the time, who sent in federal uh, troops to help guide uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and his followers on this um, walk that they did, which was a march from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery, Alabama. So that sparked the Congress to pass what is known as the Voting Rights Act, which guaranteed the right to vote first awarded by the 15th Amendment to all African-Americans, right? So now with the way that today's um, voting is and shit and the way that the political system is right now, um, the Voting Rights Act spun it to where, um, made it to where African-Americans could vote. Do you believe that um, within a day where now we're talking about like voter suppression and all this crazy shit, do you believe this type of legislation actually fucking works or do you think it's all a sham completely, CJ? Well, it, it works in the sense of it makes us feel as if we matter, our vote matters. It gave us, what they did with that shit was they gave us just enough to quiet us down to not get us to go overboard with it, to go to Malcolm X route. They yeah. didn't want us to go that far. So they gave us just enough to the point where we were satisfied a little bit. But now the reality is that was just basically, just to shut us up. Just basically, that's what they do. That's what the government does. The people in power, they get they do just enough to give us a few small victories, but they're not gonna give us the victory that we want which is true equality, true peace, true better treatment of us and everything. They're not going to give us that. They're just going to give us these few little small token victories. And that's just one of them. But there's going to always be something. That's why it's like you got to read the fine print. Because, yeah, it says one thing, but when you start reading that shit a little more, you understand, why, oh, shit. Why the hell are they really doing this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's just how the government is, period, with any damn thing. But even more so with the the treatment of Black people. 
I think it's Which, crazy. Um, some of the yeah. things that have happened, like over the course of uh, the history of the United States in general, just the things that have been publicized and captured. And mm-hmm. think about it this way: there's been some barbaric, straight fucking, unhumanable things that have happened to people of color just within the United States that have made news stories. Now imagine what even fucking happened that they didn't tell you happened. Exactly. Uh, that's the fucking scary part knowing the the way that the media engine is in this country in today's mm-hmm. world and um the way that they would suppress information about everything back in, oh, yeah. in the 20s 30s you know they didn't have the infrastructure of this huge media outlets mm-hmm. that we have in today's world to where you know today if anything fucked up happens a thousand people got it it's on the cell phone camera you know right. what I'm saying? You're getting put on mm-hmm. front street today. Now there's mm-hmm. like a, in today's world, there's an instant accountability, especially as far as people being assholes and being racist mm-hmm. and fuck shit. You're going to get called the fuck out in public. Someone's going to pull that cell phone out. World star, yep. bitch. You're going to get stolen exactly. and all this crazy shit. So I feel like technology has kind of advanced us in, in a, oh, yeah. in, in the world, as far as about having that immediate self accountability for who the fuck you are and what you stand for, which is kind of cool. It's exposed a lot of shit. A lot of shit has been exposed. To see that, um, kind of as the main, uh, draw of advancement from our world during that time period from the death of martin luther king jr to now people would say this is like the information age the technology age where now Mm -hmm. everything is being able to be captured and um you know uh losing a picture per se is not as important as it was to somebody in 1935 because we just print another one you know we got all these different um ways of capturing and reliving memories we just watched a version of martin luther king i have a dream speech remastered digitally did you guys notice how crispy that video was even coming back from in the day that's been retouched and hit up to where we can even experience um that history and even a more advanced way, which is pretty fucking cool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, marinated Mitch, right? So there's a a part in the I Have a Dream speech where he mentions uh, about wanting to see uh, children of different races holding hands and being being together in um, in unity and and people just coming together, right? As somebody like yourself, who um, you have parents of different races, you have kids. They have um that are of multi or different race biracial. biracial um how does it make you feel to to hear and see that separatism that happened during that time period just to today seeing the difference in how the world is what are you talking about the separate like back then how 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 is how i feel from back then yeah yeah oh back then the 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 separation man like it it it's it's just crazy. I, I was born in '84, okay, and like you said, I'm biracial. And what I I like to feel like I'm like a a second gen, secondish generation mixed kid. Like there, it was rare still, you know what I'm saying. And so like when we'd go out, you know what I'm saying, people would always look and they'd see a white woman with black kids, you know, and and people would give us looks, you know what I'm saying, and like going to my grand, my black grandmother's house, like she would always say, you know, get out, get out them white folks yard, you know what I'm saying? Get out this, this white folks. And then she would always look at me and she would tell me, she was like, your mom is not like all other white people. You know what I'm saying? And and she basically helped raise my mother, you know what I'm saying? Teach me how to, or teach her how to, you know, do our hair and, you know what I'm saying? Getting us presentable ironing clothes and stuff like that. And just to think of in the eighties, you know, 
And then you go back another 20 years, you know, to their time, 30 years, 40 years, 50, 60. And it's, it's, it's just, man, it, it to me, it gives me a, a strong feeling, man. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like when, when that racist stuff comes out, man, I still feel it. And, and mainly it's because my, my grandmother and the stories that I heard, you know what I'm saying? Of how they grew up, you know, back in them times. And it's just, it's just crazy to me that it still is is a, as big as an issue down here in the South, you know, but it's still yeah. a blessing, you know what I'm saying, to see the, the progression, you know what I'm saying, that we've made. And and white kids and black kids coming together in schools, you know what I'm saying, playing basketball, sports, all that, For you sure. know. Like, it's it's it, it opened up a whole nother world, man, you know. Yeah. Like... And, and and it's a blessing for, for me and my kids, man. You know, we get to see two different cultures, you know what I'm saying? And you, you get to understand other people's views of life and, yeah. and their beliefs and stuff, you know, and accept it. You know, some, you know, I've, I've heard stuff that I agree with from, from different people, from different cultures and different religions, you know what I'm saying? And I've never heard that, or I never, I don't know, I guess looked at it like that, if that makes sense. No, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. I understand what you're saying completely. And and um, that's awesome that you can, um, that we can see the progress in the world and you can say, you know, be, be able to have that experience of seeing multiple, multiple cultures and your kids being able to experience that. And that's going to make them better people. I'm sure that you'll be able to attest to the fact that that's made you a better person. So oh, yeah. if you're listening yeah. to the Swang on Show, man, don't be hard-headed piece of shit. Don't be a racist piece of shit. You got to be able to be accepting of other people and who they are. And as a human being, we're fucking, we don't choose who the fuck we are. We didn't choose to be born. We didn't choose to be created. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't, you know, when I came into this world, I didn't say, you want to know what, this is what my skin pigment's going to be. This is what my family's history is going to be. This is uh, what God we follow. This isn't our diet practice. This isn't our financial status. This isn't any of that shit. You know what I mean? You come into the world, you nobody fucking picked to be here. So make it easier and make it better for everybody because nobody picked to be here. You know, I tell you right now, if I got to pick what I look like, you think this would have been it? You son <laughs> of a bitch. You know what I mean? So we got to be more accepting of people because we're just all fucking alive. You know, we have to experience the same world. Um, I don't have children, but you guys have kids. I know you want your kids to see a better world. You mm-hmm. want to be able to um, just like um, see the results of the social activity that had to happen where people fucking had to deal with some crazy shit, man, in the United States as direct result of uh, the slave trade and um, just the history of the founding of of what some would say is the manufacturing history of the United States of America, which is complete fucking some yeah. really fucked up shit that happened all the way, you know, from the fucking early uh-huh. 1900s up till, you know, almost the 1970s. That's what a lot of people in our generation don't understand is we were yeah. born, we were shit. born and a lot of the change had already happened. Yeah. yeah. Our mothers was alive during this, during the worst, some of the worst parts of this shit. Yeah. You know, this shit wasn't that long ago. This just happened. Yeah, that's why it's like um, for a lot of people our age and and younger, um, a lot of these um, fights that people had to fight and things that people had to go through. I don't think that a lot of people really put put that weight of importance on that because they didn't mm-hmm. have to physically see like, damn, yeah. there were 300,000 people deep at the fucking 
You know what I mean? In Washington, D.C. We just had that, you know, the issue with the whole insurrection deal and all this crazy shit going on in Washington. They weren't no 300,000 fucking people deep. You know what I'm saying? And they were on some wild shit. You know what I mean? And doing That's some totally different shit, but you just see that that type of discipline out of that big of a group of people to know that this shit is the fucking truth, and then yeah. this, this is the way to follow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Like you could look at it, three hundred thousand people there who had every reason to tear that motherfucker up, but they didn't. Oh yeah, they didn't. You know, and that was all because of one man, his 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 influence and his power. To tell them, like, no, we're not gonna do that. Because if he would have said, hey, we're gonna tear this motherfucker up, it would have been towed up. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Been, yeah, it probably would have been over with for the yeah. United States government at that point. I would yeah. imagine that um, they probably, you know, shit, they probably would have, ex- ex- yeah. uh, they probably would have been so friendly and they, it probably would have been a fucking, a big, That's major, fucked up scenario. Thing is, is the fact that he had that influence, that even though he wasn't violent, at any given moment, if he wanted to, he could flip that switch. And oh, that's yeah. scary. That well, shit was. They say that around that time period, like shortly after that speech, um, there's more um, militant style um, African-American yeah. leaders, people like Malcolm X, people like Stokely Carmichael and, yeah. and people like that. So that kind of, uh, they say that their influence and their uh the way that they were pushing kind of broadened uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, started to see shit of, different. Yeah, he started to address um, some issues outside of, of race relations, mm-hmm. such as like the Vietnam War. Yeah. And, and then shortly before the time of his, his uh, untimely murder, um, he started pushing his influence on the case of poverty among all races just straight poverty in america and then um in 1967 um they went on this program that he called the poor people's campaign which was about labor law and um paying people fairly job opportunity creation and right around that time is when uh, martin luther king jr was fatally shot um, Mm -hmm. standing on a balcony of a motel in wild ass Memphis, Tennessee, where today the same shit's happening to famous fucking people. Oh, Still yeah. fucking shot up in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. There ain't been much, uh, you know, I love the city of Memphis, Tennessee, visited there multiple times, you know, but it's crazy to know that in the late 60s, somebody that's super prominent like this could be murdered in that city. And then today, you know, You've been there, Marinette Mitch, you go there regularly. You know man, that it could man, go my down. My kids right was now born in Memphis. Memphis. My kids was born in Memphis. Baby mama from Memphis, man. Memphis all over the world, man. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. It's, it could yeah, happen it's again. Afghanistan for real. Like it's Afghanistan for real up there in Memphis, man. Just the the level of poverty and and like it's people that pay for lights and, and they, they still don't got lights, you know. Like um I watched the thing one time where about it was a cemetery, man, and they had overloaded the cemetery, you know what I'm saying? And the people running the cemetery were getting fined because they was just putting coffins on top of coffins on top of coffins, yeah. and then coffins were coming out the ground. Like Memphis, I'm talking, man, it, it's parts of Memphis, man. You don't walk at night, yeah. man, for real. I'm just being real. Like, Memphis is still bad, bad. 
Oh, and I, I agree. Um, I've been, you know, there we're only before. an hour away from Memphis. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know? I've been there before so with you, it, actually. It's, it's, yeah, it still trickles down. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we got parts around here that's still real bad. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to violence, when it comes to racism, all that shit, yeah. like, you know, up in Harrison, Arkansas, they still got white pride radio and billboards with the shit and stuff like that. And just driving down the street. Like it's serious, you know, in some parts, you know, but, uh, wait a second. You mean to tell me that you can, you, there is a physical advertisement of white pride radio that you yes, can see. Yes. Yes. Type in, type bro, in the, the, the South is different, Arkansas, bro. white pride radio and see what pops up. <laughs> wait the a South second. is different, man. Bro, Hold it's on. different down here, bro. That's supposed to be Radio, Arkansas. Here, here's in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. No, here it is. Holy shit. This is a real thing. Because um, you got to think, them towns down there is like coming through Fostoria, but racist. Like, when, you <laughs> know when everybody was protesting for the Black Lives Matter? Yeah. There was, yeah. There was two people that protested in all of Harrison. And when they did, they they set up a video camera just to show the reaction to the people. Man, you should have heard it. They stood outside wow. of a Walmart. You should have heard what people would roll down their windows oh, and say. That, I seen that video. Like, bro, wow. it was crazy, bro. That was, was down crazy, there in Arkansas? Yeah, that was yeah, Arkansas? yeah, okay. yeah. I know that video. They was calling them all types of shit. It's supposed to be, Harrison's supposed to be like the birthplace of one of the leaders from the Klan. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm actually and, right and, now, right now, Mitch, I'm looking at this fucking sign, right? Yeah, I've right seen now, it. A picture I, I, used the sign. To, I used to have to drop crawfish there for my boss. And my first response was Harrison. <laughs> and he was like, just go to the Walmart and you'll be all right. And Can I'm you like, guys oh see my this God. right here? Look CJ? at that shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Whitepriradio.com. And see, they put the cross up there to make it, wow. you know. I'll, all religion, you know. So this is what it's we're real. gonna do. It's it's become customary on the Swangland show, man. Where I just gotta stop for a fucking second, man. And I gotta I gotta address something, man. I'm looking at this fucking sign, and this shit says WhitePrideRadio.com, AltRightTV.com for the family. That's crazy. The fucking cross with the religious undertone with this white fucking family on the fucking sign. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're involved, and it's with, been hanging forever. Yeah, it is still there involved, today with either one of these organizations or you drive past this sign and you see this shit and you don't go rip this motherfucker down you little son of a bitch this is the wackiest shit crazy. that i've ever seen in my fucking life i'm telling you right now somebody i'm making a call it says for the family what about if somebody from the family went and just fucking removed this thing physically because what a fuck that's wild man what a joke that this exists in 2021 in Harrison, Arkansas. Yeah. People out in Arkansas. 22. Pissing, yeah, 2022 in, in Harrison, Arkansas, this exists. Marinated Mitch is in Arkansas. I feel like you should go piss on that fucking sign because that's <laughs> it's high. It, 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 man, I don't know if I can aim that high. I might piss on myself. But when I say it's real, like, man, yeah. it, you can tell, too. Like, I, I stopped in and I would stop at restaurants and shit like that. I wouldn't I wasn't really scared. But I am in my mind. I was still prepared for it. If that yeah. makes sense, you know. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's different, man. When you when you walk into a whole town and, and you know that, hey, I might not even be able to call the police in this town, you know. Mm -hmm. like, and, and, and then it starts making you think about what it was like in the 60s, you know. And you're like, man, like, I couldn't have made it, man. I couldn't have yeah. made it. Like, I'm, I, I get so, so much anxiety and just 
adrenaline just talking about it like so fast, man. I'm talking, man. I, I I'm all for peace, brother. I'm all for peace. But whenever whenever somebody just picks out something just because you're color, man, and you ain't did nothing, you just walk in and they give you that or they get the beep beep on their car as soon as they see you or clutch their purse. Like yeah, that's weak it's, ass shit. That's it's crazy, ass. man. Um, and that, it, my biggest fear is just for like my kids, man. You know, I hate to see my kids see it, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. So like, I, I, I won't take my kids to Harrison. I'm just being real with you. I don't, I don't want to take my kids to Harrison. We ran, yeah, we ran, ran through there when we were traveling once and we didn't stop there just because of that. Just because I didn't mm-hmm. want to have to go through that, you know? Well, shit, I don't fucking blame you. I feel like if you live in Harrison, Arkansas, you're a little fucking son of a bitch. Just period. Fuck, mm-hmm. fuck Harrison, Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? We love <laughs> and this is coming from me, man. I live in Ohio, I, but I love Arkansas, man. I fucking come to Arkansas. Man, I love Arkansas. I've been, I swear. Mitch can say it, and Mitch can attest for this. I've been to Arkansas man, a bunch of times. Multiple times. Multiple and I, times. And I love Arkansas, but... I've never been to Harrison, Arkansas, but guess what? Fuck Harrison, Arkansas. That's coming live from the Swangland Show. We don't rock with Harrison, Arkansas. We go to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Shout out Little Rock, Arkansas. Man. Shout out West Memphis, Arkansas. Shout Man. out Paragold. Shout out to Hot Springs. Shout out to the <laughs> Hell Town. Yeah, shout out to the Hell Town. Shout out to everywhere down there in, in Arkansas because Arkansas is the shit, except for everybody in Arkansas is cool, except for if except you live in Harrison, Harrison, Arkansas, Harrison. you little shit. Fuck you if you live in Harrison. That's wild, man. That's a wild, that's a wild shit. Now, um, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, not to get too far off, off the subject, you know, he was uh, assassinated and murdered, like we said, in Memphis, Tennessee. Um he was there in Memphis, Tennessee to support a sanitation worker strike, um, doing, doing the, the low man work when it comes to um, bringing awareness to um, fair labor and um, poverty, which is fucking dope to know that, you know, somebody and some people in this world are willing to go so hard for other people that they're willing to give up their life. So we're going to give a major shout out to the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. for being that real of a dude that he even fucking he went down for everybody else. You know what I mean? This dude was trying to help everybody else. Murdered by a complete fucking loser, uh, racist dude that confessed to the murder, but then he later uh, recanted his confession and was even advocated by members of, of the King family before his own death because that's how good of fucking people these people are. So if we can learn anything from the legacy of, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is to be forgiving, to be accepting, to always be willing to come together and um, do the right thing for everybody, man. So um, on the Swangland Show, episode 25, I got to know, Marinated Mitch, how can we, uh, as people, in your opinion, how can we come together more? How can we, uh, what can we do going forward to improve on on the same things that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was fighting for in the 50s and 60s and 40s? To me, to me, it's just respect, man. You know what I'm saying? Humble yourself to others, others' words and their points of views. Don't always, you know what I'm saying, be so opinionated on their their ideas. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to tell what you believe in, but don't try to push it on people, you know. Uh, be accepting, you know, Ex- accept people for, for who they are, you know. It's not you, so as long as they're not harming you physically, you know. And then, uh, I don't know, just like, don't let the TV get you too involved. I don't know. I feel like 
people get to watching, you know, all the political stuff on TV, and then they go to their neighbor who's in the same situation, same boat as them, and they they fight them when those are the people they need to be allied with, you know. Uh, uh, there was also one other thing I also wanted to admit uh, or say. Uh, you remember uh, Big E from Thug Therapy in, in yeah, Memphis, shout Tennessee. Shout out Big E. Shout out Big uh, E. You know. Yeah. Shout but, out uh, Thug Therapy, Memphis, Tennessee. His grandfather, his grandfather ran the sanitation department in Memphis during this time, and led um, to a strike. He was the leader of it. I th- I'm pretty sure his name was Joe Warren, but okay. I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I knew you knew Big E. But uh, so. He always posts on his social media, you know, little uh, clips from newspapers and stuff about the strike or whatever. Yeah, but I, 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 I just thought that was cool as hell. That. Now that you say that, I think yeah. I remember, but I wasn't able to correlate the two of them together. That's a crazy yeah, that's fucking a, that, that was his connection grandfather. to history that we had yeah. here on the Swangland Show. Shout out to um, Big E and shout out to Ace. Uh, uh, therapy. Uh, th- Ace. Th- therapy representing um, all the Memphis folks, man. Memphis, Tennessee. Now, um, CJ, I just asked Miss this question. Um, about what is it that you think that we can do um, going forward to continue to strive and and work towards the goals that people like Martin Luther King Jr. had fought so hard for and lost his life for as all people? What do you what are some tips and some advice that you can give to the listeners of the Swangland show on how we can coexist better and how can we all just get along in this world, man? I mean, pretty much everything that he said was what I would say, you know, just get that sucker shit out your system, man. Like it ain't it ain't no reason, man, why people are still getting judged by the color of their skin. Like Martin Luther King said, judge a man by the content of his character. Like if I'm a piece of shit, then treat me as if I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. But if you don't know me and you you treat me like a piece of shit because of my skin color, that's some lame shit. Yeah. That's that's some stupid shit because my thing is a lot of us, black, white, Asian, Latino. We all have a lot of shit in common if we just sit down and talk to each other. That's a fact. And I, I think that's yeah. a great point that you say that, you know, treat people of the content of their character. And like you said, if you're a piece of shit, treat you like a piece of shit. So I'm going to, you know, yeah. I remember there was a night, I think it was like 2018 where, you know, we were fucking, uh, no, it wasn't earlier than 2018. It was like 2015. I was living in Columbus and I had passed out in the car. CJ was driving, coming home from, from the Jiggly driving me from Sandusky to uh, Columbus on one of our, (laughs) one of our mega triangle weekend of shows. We used to fucking bounce from city to city and do multiple shows and then go somewhere else. CJ almost killed me. So I'm going to treat you like a piece of shit for that. You (laughs) mother. I was going one hour of sleep. I was fucked up. Fortunately, you know, I live to tell that story, you know, one hour of sleep. I remember waking up and they're just being police and I'm like, what the fuck? And CJ's like, yo, <laughs> welcome back. You know, welcome back. <laughs> nah, no, I was tired as fuck. So, you know, I guess that's just the content of your character. You little son of a bitch on the Swangland <laughs> show. You tried to kill me, but I'm, I'm still alive. Kicking it. It's Joshua P. Dunn, episode 25 of the Swangland show. We've been show, uh, showing some game and uh, some interviews of Martin Luther King Jr. We've been talking about the history and legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. I'm blessed, as always, to be joined on the Swangland Show by my co-host, who's no longer here, Kyle Nucleus Holsinger. May have been abducted for his little tirade he went on there about the fucking politics and shit. Maybe someone snatched him up. You never know. We're going to have to find out next week on the Swangland Show if Kyle still exists. You know, joined 
by my brother, as always, in representing the Arkansas Marinated Mitch of True Definition. It's been a pleasure having you, as always, as both of you gentlemen inch closer to Vice Grips Swang on yeah. Championship, man. It's He's creeping up on you, Vice. The plot thickens on the Swangling Show, as always. So my name is Joshua P. Dunn, as always. It's episode 25, man. We're, the Swangling Show is a middle-aged adult now. We got 25 yeah. of these. We're going forward. The Swangling Show needs to fix its credit and all this extra shit. And, you know, like, just like real life at 25. So uh, we're going to wrap the show up. We're going to tell you, if you learned anything from the Swangling Show, episode 25, MLK edition is to not be a fucking piece of shit person. Don't judge people based on the things they go through, be compassionate, look out for people, and also, fuck your TV, and fuck Harrison, Arkansas. Rick's dang. Fuck White Pride Radio. Yeah. Fuck yeah.